This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Abraham Lincoln called the United States the last best hope of Earth, and now the climate change group over there in Glasgow, Scotland, that have opened up their summit are calling it the last best hope of Earth. You got that right. The last best hope of Earth. And why is that? Because they believe, believe it or not, they do believe in a self-salvation, man's salvation of himself and all issues related to humankind. And therefore, it is a counterfeit messianic movement, a counterfeit messianic movement with man as his own savior. That's the view of Prince Charles who is one of the chief spokesmen there from the U.K. that is managing, heading up this uh, Glasgow uh, meeting, the U.N. Climate Summit there in Glasgow, Scotland. So as U.N. officials gaveled the Climate Summit to its formal opening there in Glasgow, government leaders were said to be facing two choices. Patricia Espinosa, head of the U.N. Climate Office, declared at the summit's opening, They can sharply cut greenhouse gas emissions and help communities and countries survive what is becoming a hotter, harsher world. Or, she said, we can accept that humanity faces a bleak future on this planet, and therefore, we must save ourselves. In other words, Glasgow must be a success. The G220 countries, 20 major countries in the world, Their leaders met last weekend. They represent more than three-quarters of the world's climate-damaging emissions, and G20 hosts Italy and Britain, which is hosting the Glasgow Conference, had looked for more ambitious targets coming out of Rome, where the conference was met. But major polluters, including China and Russia, had already made clear they had no immediate intention of following U.S. and European pledges to zero out of the fossil fuel pollution by 2050. But it wasn't just the politicians that joined in. It was a quasi-politician known as Pope Francis. At the Vatican, on Sunday, Pope Francis urged crowds gathered in St. Peter's Square, let us pray so that the cry of the earth is heard by summit participants. The cry of the earth. Mother Earth now is gradually replacing Father God. Father is out. Fatherhood is out. And motherhood is in. It feels so soft and feels so cuddly. Something that everybody, including the entire world and the Pope himself, should actually come in line with, because who could possibly resist the mothering arms of Mother Earth? But it's called a high-stakes climate change summit, And it's already begun yesterday. And Joe Biden, uh, the current putative president of the United States, says this is the decisive decade. I want you to remember those words, the decisive decade. Why is that? Because this is the decade from 2020 when he was elected 
2030, when the world will be taken over by the Great Reset, a new world order. So I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation with ever-increasing conviction. Talk that transforms. I trust that today will not only be informative, but hopefully transformative in ways perhaps that you have not considered. Not because you're going to jump on a environmentalist bandwagon. In fact, as professing Christians, we should all be concerned about a certain level of uh, conservation. We don't want to go around, as the Bible says, and just la- uh, lazily and uh, killing off animals and deer and whatever just for hunting them down. But we should value that which has been hunted and use it appropriately for ourselves and our uh, provisions. But on the other hand, the concept, the very thought that we can control the climate is so absurd as to actually render ourselves the pseudo-image of Satan himself who said, I will be like the Most High God. I will be God. That's exactly the spirit of the environmental movement. It's not the environment that people are really concerned about. It's power. And what can be accomplished in the name of the environment by leveraging environmentalism as a new quasi-spiritual movement to govern the world. And we're going to see exactly how this is playing out on Viewpoint today. So, again, I welcome you back. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction. And I hope this will be no exception here today on Viewpoint. Why is the Pope getting involved over and over again, driving the issue of environmentalism and climate change? Why is he one of the chief proponents lending a powerful quasi-spiritual or religious uh, cudgel, shall we say, to hammer the world and its politicians into the global reset on the cutting edge of a new economic system and a new environmental power struggle. High stakes. High stakes climate change summit begins, and Mr. Biden has insisted this is the decisive decade. The overarching goal of the summit, known as the COP26, is to put the world on a path to aggressively cut greenhouse gas emissions and slow the Earth's warming. Now, whether the Earth is warming or not, is an issue. It's a scientific issue. But it's not the ultimate issue. Because are you aware that throughout history the earth has warmed and cooled long before humankind ever appeared on the scene? So the hubris, the sheer chutzpah, to think that mankind has the ability to control the climate is beyond all comprehension. That is, unless... You see yourself in a godlike fashion. 
you see yourself as sort of a quasi-Messiah. Having repudiated the God of creation, you now must replace him. Replace him with yourself or collectivized humankind in a kind of ultimate expression of the Tower of Babel. Britain's future king, Prince Charles, told world leaders at the UN Climate Summit today that they should seek solutions to global warming in nature. Again, that presumes that there is ongoing and unrestrained global warming that will continue on and on and on until mankind, humankind, led by Prince Charles and his cohorts, will come and exercise their new messianic authority to change it all. But is it really true? We'll be back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. When you use science as a means to dry, try to drive otherwise massive political agendas, you are necessarily going to pervert, distort, and turn science into something other than what it really is. And that's called scientism. Not science, but scientism. And so science now is being, the word science is being leveraged as a means to hammer the world into submission for a new world order under the aegis of environmentalism. Notice the continuing isms. Isms have a nugget of truth, but around that nugget of truth is a massive collection of deception. And therein lies the problem. So when Britain's future king, Prince Charles, told world leaders at the UN Climate Summit today that they should seek solutions to global warming in nature, uh, he wasn't just talking about solutions in nature. In fact, Prince Charles actually has been called the savior of the world. Maybe you didn't know that. Yes, indeed, he has been called the savior of the world. And down, I believe it was in Argentina or Brazil, one of those two, he actually is a monumental statue erected to him with wings. Decree him, basically, the savior of the world, in other words, a human messiah. And this was there years ago. A potentially powerful voice on climate change now And when the heir apparent takes the throne someday as the 21st century's first echo king. Now, the interesting thing about Prince Charles is he is no friend of grace. And we're not talking about the queen. We're talking about the Christian faith. He is the one who said 
We're going to convert the understanding in England and throughout the UK that we're a defender of the faith. We're going to change that now. We're defender of the faiths. In other words, all faiths are co-equal to Prince Charles because none of them has any particular value unless it can be co-opted for the purpose of secondary agendas such as environmentalism. This is a potentially scary thing. Alok Sharma, the COP26 president, has said that the Glasgow summit is the last best hope to keep one and a half degrees Celsius within reach in the world. I wonder what kind of summit was held thousands of years ago when the earth was overtaken by an ice age. Have you ever bothered to think about that? Did they hold a summit conference, seeing that there were no human beings on the planet? Did they hold a summit conference to talk about how to prevent a global ice age. They weren't talking about global warming. They wanted global warming so that it could melt the ice. Now, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson compared the world's climate crisis to a James Bond movie. He argued that the planet is, quote, one minute to midnight on the doomsday clock. One minute to midnight. I want you to think about this analogy. Notice, these politicians are not interested in biblical prophecy. They're not interested in what God has to say about any of this because he's irrelevant to them. In fact, doesn't even exist for most of them because they believe in evolution. Evolution is their creation, their creator. It just happened. And therefore, since it just happened and they just happened, then they become the evolving Messiah that is destined to rule the world and save it from itself. Not from its sins from God's viewpoint, but from its new crafted environmental sins that must be expunged by global government. So it's about power, and it's about perks, and it's about position once again. In his opening remarks at the summit in Glasgow today, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said that the world's addiction to fossil fuels is, quote, pushing humanity to the brink. He said, we're digging our own graves. Is that about climate? Or is that about the climate of godlessness? Is it about the echo climate, or is it about the climate of godlessness? Notice these folk have no vision whatsoever to eradicate the world from godlessness. No. They are the new gods. They have the vision of being the new messiah. Collectively, they become the new messianic order, fulfilling the messianic vision for the world. So, 
Gutierrez said, the sirens are sounding. On behalf of this and future generations, I urge you, choose ambition, choose solidarity, choose to safeguard our future and save humanity. Choose solidarity sounds like an environmental version of the Tower of Babel. And that's what was terribly offensive to God. That's why he destroyed Babel, confounded their language. I wonder what he will do to the language there in Glasgow. Choose solidarity. In other words, if we can all get together, we can save ourselves. Notice the salvation has nothing whatsoever to do with sin from God's viewpoint. It has to do with a whole new concept of right and wrong. It's not about whether we're offending a holy God. It's whether we're offending Mother Earth. And that's why the Pope came out so interestingly today or yesterday and urged the crowds at St. Peter's Square saying, let us pray so that the cry of the earth can be heard by the summit participants. Hmm. And on we go. I hope that as you have been listening to the first 15 minutes of this program today, you are beginning to pick up the theme now that is going to cover the earth for the next nine years, eight and a half years. The theme is a new self-salvation collectively imposed by elitist world leaders such as Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, who collectively are using, intentionally using environmentalism as a huge lever in order to usher the world into a new utopian vision of heaven. Heaven on earth, that's what they see. We call it utopia. It's a political definition of heaven, that everything is going to be wonderful, everything is going to be cool. All you have to do, you peons on the earth, you earth proletariat, all you have to do is just trust us. We have the vision, we are so smart, and collectively we have the power and we are going to be able to save humankind. We aren't going to need the salvation of a God because there is no God, and our real problems have nothing whatsoever to do with sin from God's viewpoint or the Bible's viewpoint, but everything to do with the sins of environmentalism, the sins of COVID and uh not receiving a vaccine. You see, these are the ultimate sins now. Have you noticed that? And they're being used as a device to compel you to submit. That's the whole purpose, to compel you and I to submit. The problem is, if you and I feel compelled to submit, by definition then, we have already cast away our confidence in the God of creation. We have shifted, allowed our trust, our confidence, 
our hope, our last best hope, to be shifted from God and his prophesied Messiah to another human-made Messiah. And now we can perhaps better understand the implications of the quote that came on April 5th, 1993, in Time magazine. Remember, it was the cover story with a cross on the front cover, and in the lower uh, lower right-hand corner, the words, The Generation That Forgot God. Now remember, this is in 1993 when we formed Save America Ministries. Now you understand why God would move upon my heart to form Save America Ministries at that unique moment. Because 1992-93 were the fulcrum moments for America to cast away its confidence in the God of creation and the God who had made and preserved us a nation to government and its power. So, GOT, G20 leaders now, or I was going to tell you about this uh, Time Magazine article. So, at that time, Americans were very patriotic because we had just had Gulf War One, and uh, Americans had been very afraid of what was going to happen. Uh, so, they rushed back to church. And Time Magazine, in its feature article called The Church Search, declared church would never again be the same. And here was their analysis. Church would never again be the same in America because Americans were looking for a custom-made God, one made in their own image. Are you seeing the trajectory now of illicit truth? The trajectory is a way from Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, to embrace a counterfeit truth, an alternative truth, or an alternative set of truths that would lead us away from our confidence in a Savior to come and trust a new world government led ultimately by its counterfeit Christ to be our Savior. That's what's coming. So, Now you can perhaps understand better why my latest book is called Antichrist. How to Identify the Coming Imposter. Perhaps what I should have said in the subtitle is How to Identify the Soon-Coming Imposter. Because all of this is happening very, very quickly. The pressure is on. The pressure is on to create this great reset. We're going to see how that's developed when we get back from this break. It's quite fascinating, and it has everything to do with environmentalism. In fact, in my next book, Messiah, we have an entire chapter on environmental salvation or the environmental savior. Because this is part of the counterfeit messianic movement. You see, Satan counterfeits. Where there is a truth, he counterfeits it. And people are believing it. They're believing it because they are being seduced into panic. Seduced into panic. And Christians are included. 
Evangelical Christians are included, even their leaders. It's amazing what's happening. Now, I urge you to get a copy. If you don't already have a copy of the book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, I urge you to uh, to get a copy of it. $22. We'll put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. You're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Antichrist. Now, we don't try to name the Antichrist. That's futility. We identify it from a, him from a biblical perspective. Oh, and if you have no idea how to do that, you will be just like the Jewish people that missed him the first time. We'll be right back. This is Viewpoint. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Weaponizing the environment, weaponizing a virus, weaponizing this, weaponizing that. Every crisis must be seized, said Rahm Emanuel, Clinton's former uh, high-powered man who ultimately ended up being the mayor of Chicago. He says, never let a crisis go without taking advantage of it. And that's the whole methodology. Never let a perceived crisis go without ceasing it or taking advantage of it for your purposes. Now, are we facing a climate crisis, though? Not necessarily. Scientists haven't proven this. Only those that are financed by government money and that get their wealth from playing the game are the ones that supposedly prove these things. But there are thousands of scientists who are poo-pooing the idea. Not that climate changes, but that man has anything to do with it, of any substantial connection. I have in front of me a recent issue of the Epic Times, October 20th, 2021 a picture of uh, the South Shetland Islands in the Antarctica with a bunch of penguins there in the front, ice covering the whole place. And here is the headline, Observations at Research Center, South Pole's cold season was the coldest on record. 
Now, this is amid confirmed global warming. Okay, confirmed. By whom? That's another issue. While the National Oceanic and Administra- uh, Atmospheric Administration called July 2021 Earth's hottest July in 142 years, recent temperatures at or near the South Pole have been colder than ever. In fact, the 2021 polar darkness period from April through September was the cold- coldest on record, with temperatures going down to almost minus 78 degrees Fahrenheit. So, that being the case, the environmental is that are seeking to drive panic among the world's people over a climate that is seeking to overwhelm them and destroy them had to make excuses for it, as they always do. Whether it's warming or cooling makes no difference anymore. Remember that? Now it's just climate change. In the 1960s, it began to be called global cooling. Then, in the 1980s, it began to be global warming. Then, when neither of those seemed to pan out over a long period of time, then they had to convert it to climate change. Notice the trajectory. It doesn't reveal conviction, does it? It doesn't reveal any long-term, true, prophetic nature of science or scientists. Just that the climate changed. Now, in Richmond, Virginia, where we're broadcasting right now, today it is in the mid to upper 60s. Tomorrow, the temperature is going to drop to the low to mid 50s. Now, that's climate change. And humankind did not create it. The climate changes. You know that. It's a fundamental for all human experience that the climate changes. And sometimes it changes over a long period of time, not because humans had any influence over it, but because, for whatever reason, we don't know for sure. Scientists theorize about it, but they don't know. But they do know that the climate changed. Did God cause the climate to change? Well, apparently so in the days of Noah, because there was a great flood, and the whole earth was covered, and there was tectonic activity such as the entire uh, the, the earth convulsed, and out of that appeared to have come an ice age. Was it caused by man or by God? You see our problem, and the scientists have to continually deny the flood of Noah's time because it comes, it upsets their ability to control and have all knowledge over the trajectory of history. They cannot handle any catastrophic uh, intervention in history because it upsets their radiocarbon dating, it upsets everything that they rely upon to establish scientific truth. 
So the G20 leaders over the weekend met face-to-face after the COVID-19 pandemic. Historic minimum tax accord was reached. For big big business, it was endorsed 15% across the board, all across the world, or at least across the Western world, that is. Notice the Western world, that's a resurrected Roman Empire. The G20 appeared to be struggling to throw its weight behind the sort of strong measures that scientists said were needed to avert calamitous global warming. And so now that's been left to the Glasgow summit. They said this is more than just a tax deal. In fact, Joe Biden said it's diplomacy reshaping our global economy and delivering for our people. Notice the words reshaping our global economy. This is big. But President Xi Jinping and Russia's Vladimir Putin, as well as the president of India, were resisting ambitious new climate goals. But British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, heading up one of the nations of the ancient Roman Empire, acknowledged the G20 and and, uh, climate talks would be difficult, but warned that without courageous action, world civilization could collapse as swiftly as the ancient Roman Empire ushering in a new dark age. Apparently, he hasn't read his Bible. The new dark age we should be thinking about is the age called the Day of the Lord. That's what the ancient prophets foretold. Whether it was the prophet Isaiah, the prophet Jeremiah, the prophet Amos, uh, the prophet Ezekiel, they all talked about the Day of the Lord. That is the ultimate convulsing of the world, my friends. That's when God intervenes and pours out his wrath upon the children of men, the children of disobedience. That's what we should be warning about. That's what we should be preparing people for. But no, when you've abandoned the fear of the Lord, not only in our land, but all over the earth, you have to replace God with another God. And that happens to be man. So the creature becomes the new pseudo-creator of salvation. Isn't that exactly what the Apostle Paul warned about in Romans chapter 1, where they begin to worship the creature more than the creator? And then their foolish minds and hearts become darkened. And all hell breaks loose. Now, I promised you that we would take a look at how this is developed, and we can only uh, give you an overview because otherwise it would take hours to do it. An article came out uh, just this year from Thomas Lorenzo called The Great Nonsense of the Great Reset. And it is a good summary of the development of things. And so I want to share some excerpts from this uh, for you. The Great Reset is the latest deceptive euphemism for totalitarian socialism 
that is being promoted by yet another group of wealthy corporate elitists who think they can centrally plan the entire world. The main figure of this movement is wealthy German engineer Klaus Schwab, founder of the World Economic Forum, who champions what he calls transhumanism. That is the integration of nanotechnology into the human body so that humans can be controlled remotely by the state. By the way, this is consistent with Bill Gates and the patent application that he made on March 13, 2020, concerning nanotechnology and the economic control of humankind. Schwab is reminiscent of the famous 20th century German, who also fantasized about creating a master race and ruling the world. During a recent TED talk, among elites, the term TED talk is understood because it is a series of talks that are being given by notable people. During a recent TED talk, Bill Gates complained that the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. So he said, have no fear, because if we do a really great job on vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, including abortion, we could lower that by perhaps 10 to 15%. That, in turn, will lower carbon dioxide levels on the planet and address climate change as well, said Bill Gates. Notice, Bill Gates, over and over again, has emphasized his desire to limit the population of human beings on the planet. Why? Because from his perspective, a godless perspective, it's not about people. It's about Mother Earth. You see, the creature has become the creator in his mind. So we not need to bow to the creature and forget about humans made in the image of God. This, my friends, is absolute perversion. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. In this segment of the program, we're attempting to tie together the utopian vision that goes back uh, certainly to the 1920s and then beyond that 
tying it together with environmentalism, and yes, even, shall we say it, COVIDism. In other words, leveraging or using a virus as a weapon to bring the entire world into a panic state so that they will submit to the ongoing efforts to create artificial crises that must be solved so as to bring in the absolute dominion and authority of global governments. If we went back to the 19, to 1920, we would find the first attempt to create some kind of global governing institution to plan the world, and that was called the League of Nations. Then, if we leap forward, we find that uh, after World War II, the UN immediately created UNESCO, United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, and the World Health Organization. Their stated goal was to manipulate human development. In fact, the eugenicist Julian Huxley was the first director of UNESCO, and he lamented that Marxism's attempt to create a new type of human, that is a socialist man, had already failed because it lacked what he called a biological component, unquote. Now, what is that biological component? The ability to control humankind at the biological level, i.e., population reduction, whatever that would take, that's one way. Or, through vaccines, in order to create such a fear quotient that the world would ultimately be compelled to submit to a one-world government. So, the writer goes on to say, socialism is the society that must emerge if humanity is to cope with the ecological burden, ecology, environmentalism, okay, the ecological burden that economic growth is placing on the environment. So therefore, we must get rid of capitalism because capitalism is the cause for environmental degradation and therefore it must be eradicated to do what? Well, to spread the wealth. In other words, to bring not just equality but so-called equity throughout the world. And who's going to determine where the equality or equity lies? the global elite. That's exactly what happened in Soviet Russia. The Trojan horse of achieving socialism under the guise of environmentalism. That's what's happening. The basic strategy then, as it is now, to constantly frighten the gullible public with the predictions of the end of the world from environmental catastrophe. That is, unless, of course, we abandon capitalism and adopt socialist central planning. And the one constant theme of the environmentalist movement, that's what it's been. It ignores the fact that the 20th century socialist countries, like Soviet Union and China, had by far the worst environmental problems on the planet. Oh, but we just need more of it then. More socialism, they say. It didn't work because we didn't have enough of it. It wasn't absolutely controlled. 
So seemingly the never-ending false scare tactics and stories spread by the environmentalists and their media puppets can be found in the real founder of the modern environmental movement, an etymologist called Paul Ehrlich. He was the author of a novel called Silent Spring. He was supported by a group of wealthy socialists known as the Club of Rome. He had a book called The Population Bomb that was uh, very successful, sold millions of copies, and warned the entire world would soon be destroyed by capitalism unless severe regulatory measures were taken. That's what the G20 summit was about this last weekend. The New York Times quoted Ehrlich on August 10th, 1969, as predicting that, quote, unless we are extremely lucky, everybody will disappear in a cloud of blue steam in 20 years, unquote. They were talking about global cooling. So then the Ice Age hysteria took place. Global cooling that would create a new Ice Age was the next scare tactic. On April 18, 1970, Boston, the Boston Globe article quoted pollution expert James Lodge, Jr. as saying air pollution may obliterate the sun and cause a new Ice Age in the, third, uh, the first third of the next century. That would be in the part we're living in right now. Ehrlich went on to say, in an October 6, 1970 article that appeared in Redlands, California, quoted him as predicting that the oceans will be dead unless, in less than a decade because of pollution caused by capitalism. And they, that is the oceans, will be frozen over. Not heated up or boiling over, frozen over. On July 9, 1971, the Washington Post said that the pollution will cause an average temperature drop of as much as 10 degrees that could be sufficient to trigger an ice age. On December 3, 1972, the Ocean National Oceanic Administration, Atmospheric Administration, sent a letter to President Nixon predicting a, quote, global deterioration of climate never be seen by civilized humankind that would lead to a new ice age. January 29, 1974, an article in The Guardian in the U.K. was headlined, Space Satellites Show New Ice Age Coming Fast. It was followed six months later in Time magazine with an article warning that telltale signs are everywhere that we are already in a new ice age. And the global cooling hysteria was still alive and well in 1978. A January 5th, 1978, New York Times article was headlined, quote, International Team of Specialists Finds No End in Sight to a 30-Year Cooling Trend in the Northern Hemisphere. By 1988, though, they pivoted. Then began global warming hysteria. After more than a decade of warnings of a new ice age, unless capitalism was destroyed, failed to produce the desired result, many of the same so-called scientists and bureaucrats all of a sudden began warning of an earthly apocalypse caused by global warming. They called it the greenhouse effect. It was discovered or invented 
with nationwide warnings like June 24th, Miami News declared that 88 on the way to be the hottest ever as world temperatures up sharply. So for these kinds of predictions, one came out in 2008. Massachusetts Senator Ed Markey designated the writer of one of these articles as a climate prophet. Then came the renowned atmospheric scientist Prince Charles, who said to the British Independent on July 9th, 2009, that the price of capitalism and consumerism is just too high. The planet will be destroyed by 2017 if capitalism is not essentially immediately destroyed, said the mega-wealthy prince who prefers to travel by gas-guzzling Rolls-Royce and his private jet. Then, former British Prime Minister Gordon Brown, who called for a new world order, outdid the prince by informing the Independent on October 20th, 2009, that, quote, we have fewer than 50 days to save our planet from catastrophe, unquote. So, when New York Congresswoman AOC publicly announced in 2019 with perfect certainty that the world would end in 12 years, she was referring to an article by the United Nations in 2018 that said the same thing, that the world would end in 12 years. Unless the United Nations was given vast new governing powers over all countries of the world and vast sums of additional tax revenue, which, by the way, the G20 decided upon on Sunday. Or excuse me, Saturday, I think it was. So, none of these widely touted and celebrated predictions came true. Not one of them. Capitalism was not replaced by worldwide socialist central planning, so the environmental scientists pivoted again to adopt the language of climate change. So, it doesn't matter now whether the climate's temperature is increasing or decreasing. Either is going to cause catastrophe that can only be avoided by replacing what's left of capitalism with some kind of a worldwide socialist central planning, they inform us. So, a quarter of a century of climate change hysteria still did not lead to the desired result. So the next step in this more than a century-old political crusade for world socialism was the Great Reset. Klaus Schwab, engineering it, believing that world society can be socially engineered, some might think of it as scientific socialism. Like all socialist ideologues, Schwab pointed, started his point called deconstructionism. Excuse me, the destruction of the existing institutions of society, especially capitalism, the family and religion, all of which form a barrier between the individual and the controlling dictates of the state. Only then can society be reset to create a socialist utopia. And that's why Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, Joe Biden, and other proponents of the so-called Great Reset have so enthusiastically celebrated the lockdowns that occurred during the so-called pandemic of 2020 and declared that it's time to build back better, destroy what exists, they tell us, and then trust them to build back the entire planet better. You get the picture? So, 
Klaus Schwab uses this same language that the Pope uses now, continually talking about the common good. That's what he's using to describe his Great Reset agenda. Beware of those who use the term common good. It's another euphemism. Like sustainability. A key phrase to illustrate or to cue you in that this is not about loving your neighbor. It's about government controlling a new vision to save the world. A new messianic movement. Environmentalism. Echo messiahs. And this is where we are. Now, in what way can this be transformative? This discussion. Here's how it should be transformative. It should clue you in as you listen. It's not just informative. It should be transformative. And here's why. Because as you hear what has just been shared here on Viewpoint Today, it should grip your mind and more deeply your innermost soul and spirit to realize that the true Messiah is coming soon. And that's the reason why all of this is in such an urgency. Because Satan himself knows. And he has to raise up his counterfeit Christ first. And he's coming much sooner than you would ever imagine. And you must be ready. You must be ready to have embraced Jesus Christ, not just with some confession of faith 40 years ago, but with a living, vital faith today that truly trusts him and takes the Lord at his word. And you must restore the fear of the Lord in your own life, in your family. That's what we must do. Get a copy of the book, Seduction of the Saints, also Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, on our website, saveus.org. And seriously, become a partner with us as we are preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 